This is episode 382 of The Ziggler Show, and today Tom and I bring you one of the, literally the top legends in personal development. His name is one of the top five listed along with Zig Ziggler himself. Anytime the most influential, inspirational, and motivational names of all time are given. Folks, today we have Brian Tracy. And I'll tell you, this is not the normal interview of one of the greats where we ask them to tell us how to do this or how to do that. We're taking this monumental opportunity to ask Brian why and some of the what's. So we get his big picture perspective on the state of personal development in today's culture. This show was truly an honor. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we continue the legacy of Zig Ziggler, the world's foremost authority on the fuel for everything we pursue, motivation, inspiration, and a confident self-image. We apply that fuel to leadership, personal growth, sales, faith, family and success our foundational purpose is to inspire true performance and this is the goal of every show i'm kevin miller show host and devoted evangelist of inspiration tom ziggler zig's son and the ceo of ziggler and i come to you every week to discuss zig's teachings and bring you the absolute best of today's most inspirational leaders we get down to the roots of what will absolutely expand human potential your potential to it. Friends, my dad is Dan Miller of 48 Days to the Work You Love fame, which you can find at 48days.com or search for the 48 Days podcast in iTunes and Stitcher. Two of the main guys he hangs out with are Michael Hyatt and Dave Ramsey, and uh, who we've had as guests on this show along with him himself. And I bring this up because, you know what, his father and his mother were born Amish. He grew up on a farm milking cows at 5 a.m. as a kid. What brought him from there to where he is today? Well, a lot of things, of course. But the messages from people like Earl Nightingale and Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy were foundational. I'm 45 years old, and these were the main teachers. Those guys, the main teachers he brought me for my life. Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy specifically were more of the driving influence for me than anyone else uh, outside of, of my parents, more than any teacher or pastor. So, you know, I bring you Zig. I get the distinct honor of bringing you Zig from his multitude of recordings. I mean, we glean from these and his books and so much content he poured out. But Zig is no longer with us. Brian Tracy is. The guy's going strong, as you're going to hear in just a moment, and he continues to drastically influence the world for better. So today, Brian Tracy. I mean, I've done a lot of interviews now, folks, and and this one was just truly significant, like sitting at the feet of a great sage, but one that's down to earth, so approachable. It was just a fun interview and just so profound. Brian is, he's really just raw. I think he's, he's old enough, wise enough that he doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he cares too much. He's exceeded enough. He has no need to sugarcoat things. Yet you come away feeling he is truly for you. He is a sold out believer in the potential of all of us to achieve and be more. And yet he's very practical. So the best thing I can do is just give you Brian. But for those of you, if you don't know who he is, so here's some bullet points, okay? Brian Tracy's chairman and CEO of Brian Tracy International, a company specializing in the training and development of individuals, executives, and organizations. He's among the top speakers, trainers, coaches, and seminar leaders in the world today. Uh, Brian has consulted for more than a thousand companies. He's addressed more than 5 million people in 5,000 talks and seminars throughout the U.S., Canada, and 75 other countries worldwide. He's a popular keynote speaker and seminar leader, and he addresses more than 250,000 people 
each year. This guy gets around, folks. He is influential. He studied research, written, and spoken for 30 years in the fields of economics, history, business, philosophy, and psychology. He's the top-selling author of 72 books that have been translated into 42 languages. He's written and produced more than 1,000 audio and video learning programs, uh, including the worldwide best-selling Psychology of Achievement, which has been translated into 28 languages. It is what my dad listened to. It's what my dad had me listen to, Psychology of Achievement. I think I had my own set of cassette tapes. So folks, this is all just touching the surface. You can learn all you want to at his website, BrianTracy.com. Brian, T-R-A-C-Y.com. So the last thing though, before I bring you Brian and Tom Ziegler is you can be with both of them, literally this coming May 13 through 15, 2016 at a three day event that they're doing in Dallas, Texas. Brian is the lead and he has some heavy hitting speakers. Tom Ziger will be a special guest as well. It's the, it's the 20th anniversary of Brian's success mastery Academy. So Brian's going to be personally covering a bevy of foundational vital success topics. So check it all out at zigshow.com slash Brian. Okay. That's zigshow.com forward slash Brian. All right. So Tom Ziegler and I now bring you the legend, Brian Tracy. Well, first, Brian, I've been hosting the Ziegler Show for 17 months now, and we've had some amazing guests as we seek to bring our audience the best in inspiration, motivation, and the fuel for peak performance and true success. But in this arena, you are top of the list. Thank you for taking your time for our audience at the Ziegler Show today. Well, it's a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. Well, Brian, you are a legend and an icon in the history of personal development. One of the, one of the fathers and Zig was of course, a contemporary of yours, a fellow shepherd in the era of mass movement in personal development and, you know, arenas with tens of thousands of people. And today that arena is very much online and is of course very active. So, uh, I, I want to go through a few things with you today. I know you give primary focus to, uh, personal development sales training, business training, leadership, time management, and public speaking. And in this show, I really wanted to get your feedback and wisdom really from a big picture standpoint and a viewpoint on those topics as just a a sage in the industry again. And I'll preface it real quick with I am... I'm positive. I'm I'm an optimistic guy, but I do see some voids in the pursuit of true success and want to talk about them and get them on the table uh, as we talk about getting to your true potential. So if you're ready, I'm going to start right from the top on personal development. Um, I I know we all spend our time focused on, uh, on the positive things happening, and there are so many good things happening. I found a quote from you. You said, today we are living in the golden age, the wealthiest time in all of human history. More people are living longer and better and making more money than ever before, which is, of course, true. But it intrigues me that in this time, uh, because of our influence, influence, we're we're physically one of the unhealthiest nations in the world. We have more disease and illness than ever before. We're great at fixing it, but it exists nonetheless. We're growing more obese and encumbered every day. And so I wondered, how does this? How do you see this relating to this arena of personal development? Where do you see our culture in the past decade and now in regards to our attentiveness? and understanding of the need for investing in personal development? Well, I think the, the most important starting principle is that of personal responsibility. Mm. Without personal responsibility, nothing can happen, and nothing is possible. With personal responsibility, there are virtually no limits to success. This was a turning point lesson for me when I was 21 years old, working as a laborer in construction in the middle of a cold winter, living in a small one-room apartment, and no high school, thousands of miles from my family. I'd gone off traveling and ran out of money. And uh, I just suddenly realized, this is my life, is that no one is coming to the rescue, as we've heard a thousand times, mm-hmm. is that my life is up to me. And that was a turning point. I still remember sitting there at my little table in my little kitchen in my little one-room apartment. And I found over and over again Stephen Covey's book, first chapter, take charge. 
Uh, Jack Canfield's book on the success principles, first chapter, <laughs> accept responsibility. Everybody comes to that conclusion. Only then you say accept responsibility for what? And then you start to set goals, and then you start to take, make plans, and then you start to upgrade your skills. But until you pass that line, nothing happens. Well, so, so let me ask you about that. Your own upbringing. Did you come from, of course, you know, Zig was always really, uh, he always told his story of coming from uh, very humble beginnings. It required a lot from him. Did you as well come from more of a, an upbringing that demanded a lot from you as opposed to an affluent upbringing? Well, my, my parents came up through the Depression. They were not professional parents, if you like. So they made every conceivable mistake possible. You know, uh, random punishment, uh, shouting, uh, destructive criticism, um, all kinds of stuff. And actually, it was a good thing because when I had my own children, I decided I would reverse it. And so that I would do exactly the opposite of what my parents had done to me. Okay. And so I lavished my children with love and attention and respect and, and uh, concern and encouragement and positive expectations. And they've all just turned out wonderfully. So it was good. It yeah. was good. Yeah. But a tough beginning is, 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 like Zig had, most of us have had, is the best darn thing that can happen to you. Because for the rest of your life, you're grateful for what has happened in your life. You never take things for granted. Which is a theme that we continue to hear as we talk with successful leaders like yourself. Well, again, looking at the culture today then, so you have an audience that you are speaking to today that is in some way very much the same, but I assume that there are some differences from the audience you spoke to 20, 30 years ago when we talk about affluence. So you're say, so here you are saying, okay, some of that hardship really was good because it makes you more grateful in going forward. Do you find that as we are in somewhat of a more affluent culture as we go on, that there is a lesser propensity to take personal responsibility? Uh, what has happened, unfortunately, our governments have initiated so many programs First of all, to give people money, and second of all, to restrict their behavior and their performance. Mm. So we are completely over-regulated. Mm. Uh, many years ago, uh, the, the, the um, author Jonathan Swift wrote a book called Gulliver's Travels. And it was actually a political book, and everybody recognized it, although it seemed like a fairy table, uh, tale. And here's Gulliver who gets washed up on shore, and uh, when he wakes up, he finds himself tied down by these lily buttons which are little people, lily buttons, which were the bureaucrats of the day. And they've tied him down with all these little strings, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little strings. So any one of the strings themselves would not hold him down, but hundreds and hundreds of them nailed down like tent pegs uh, held him to the ground. He said this is the equivalent of government of the day, is the lily buttons were the little regulators and bureaucrats who work for government, and the strings were the endless regulations and taxes. Uh, someone wrote a book this year, two books. One is called One Nation Under Arrest, and the other one was called Three Crimes a Day. And basically, they have passed so many laws that the average adult in America commits three lies, three crimes a day for which they could be prosecuted federally. Just going about your daily work, and nobody knows what they are. Obama has passed 4,200 regulations and laws and restrictions on individuals and businesses in the last eight or nine years. So more and more people are just throwing up their hands. One of the one of the you know one of the measures of any society, and I've written a book on this, is the level of, we we call it business dynamism. But it's the, the the number of new businesses being formed proportionate to the number of businesses that are dying or closing down or fading away. And every society that is growing that has a great future is a society where more companies are being born than dying. For the first time in history, America has more companies dying than being brought to life. And what is happening is it's closing off all the opportunities for entrepreneurship and new jobs and new skills and new opportunities. And it's causing people to be more and more cautious. There's so much regulation. There's Obamacare. There's taxes. We have, we, my little company of 22 people, we had to have a full-time labor lawyer on retainer just so we knew what to say to our little entrepreneurial groups, not even unionized, because you could just make one slip to the left or the right and you could hit with a lawsuit of some kind. And the government is, California, is very enthusiastic about prosecuting employers, <laughs> uh, not like Texas. <laughs> Texas is, is better. So anyway, so what happens is people just throw up their hands and they say, 
well, it's not my fault, it's not my problem, nothing I can do. And then instead of taking responsibility, they make excuses. And they make more, make more excuses, and whatever you do repeatedly becomes a habit. And pretty soon people just don't accept responsibility. And it's a habit. Whenever something goes wrong, who's to blame? It's got to be someone or something else. So is this something that you find yourself gravitating towards, this issue of uh, there's almost a higher calling, a, a bigger need for a message on personal responsibility, maybe than in the past, even though we view ourselves as we're in the place of ultimate freedom? Well, in the 80s and 90s, which were the golden age of speaking, and into the aughts, if you like, the, the, the 2000s, there was a direct connection in the mind of people between uh, what they would learn in an open seminar, a public seminar, and changing and improving their lives. The connection was there. People made the decision to buy or go to the seminar, and they paid $100 or $50 or $100 or $200 or $300 or $500 for a day because they knew that what they were going to learn from these people was going to enable them to earn far more money faster, improve the quality of their lives and everything. Well, that has been broken. It's almost like an electrical connection. The connection has been broken for, for two reasons. Of course, the recessions that we had, 2001, snapped a lot of it. And then the recession of 2007, 2008, I think snapped it completely. So now people feel if they need any information, just go online. Mm-hmm. I just read a few minutes ago that the average adult is online uh, 15 to 18 hours a month, the equivalent of two full working days a month. Average university student is online um, 18 times an hour. Average adult working is checking their email between 75 and 145 times a day. It's just basically, it just never stops. Um, and so people have just lost the connection between these great seminars. Zig was one of the great teachers. He and I did seminars together all over the country for years. And some of the other people, just great teachers, great ideas, great motivation. And nobody goes anymore. Like the like the success seminars that filled the stadiums with yeah. tens of yeah. thousands. They're all gone. Companies are all bankrupt. They just don't happen anymore. People are at home. Clicking away, we call them screenagers. They're clicking <laughs> away. They're clicking away their screens today, and they've got all their noises on. So it's everything's going beep, 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 bing, bing, beep, beep, beep. They're like attention deficit disorder children, uh, running from one shiny object to another. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brian, I got a question for you. I I get to travel around the world, not as much as you do. I think you spend more time overseas than you do here. And one of the things I've noticed is that, like, for example, I was speaking in Papua New Guinea last year. I mean, who goes to Papua New Guinea and speaks? Right. 220 people in the room, and they all paid. Yes. $150, which comparatively speaking, uh, income-wise, that'd probably be five, $600 here. Yes. And do you see that overseas versus here, the, the willingness to invest in themselves because they know that if they – if they go to an expert and apply the principles, that is the fastest way to. to yes. Learn. Yeah, they're 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 very hungry to learn quickly. So I have designed my seminars and continually upgraded them. I find a Budapest on Thursday. I'm doing my two day MBA on Saturday and Sunday, and we'll probably have eight hundred thousand people there because at taking notes because they have workbooks and everything else on how to run their businesses more profitably, and they can't don't have time to go to multi-year university courses. So they will come to this course because I've given the seminar in Hungary before. And they, so now it has a tremendous reputation. I've given it all over here, as a matter of fact. And so each time I offer it, the rooms fill up like a, a rain barrel in a rainstorm because they, they have this understanding of the direct connection between learning and immediate results, especially financial results. And we've lost that here. Okay. Well, you came right into a question that I was going to lead us into, and I'll shamelessly promote your upcoming three-day event in Dallas, Texas, May 13th through 15th, where Tom Ziegler is going to be a special guest. Uh, It's a 20-year anniversary of your success Mastery Academy. You've got amazing speakers there. So you hit right on, though, what my question was. I mean, but, but between the time that this show goes live and that event happens on May 13th through 15th, 2016, there will be 30,000 individuals who will listen to this show. They'll download it, listen to them. They'll listen to it in their car, their office, the hiking trail, the beach, and wherever they choose. Uh, 
but they're not as much, like you said, attending those live events. And so while this may seem elementary to you, Brian, and, and to you, Tom, as well, uh, with your with your history, I'll ask you to talk to those, just mention something to those people who have not, they are used to taking in their content online like this, they have not been to a live event. What are they missing? Well, when we designed this program, we designed it so there's 16 parts plus the wrap-up, eight parts per day, and we decided we would we would literally put everything that a person needed to know to, ex- to succeed greatly into the two days. So I took material that I had been using and giving, and now we've upgraded it completely. But first of all, people learn how to be leaders, how to take charge of their life and their situation and their work. They learn how to set goals and how to manage time. They learn how to negotiate, communicate, and influence with others. They learn how to achieve greater profitability and be more effective in their business. And one by one, we literally go through every single program with complete workbooks and exercises so people come out with the other end completely different than when they went in. It's been rated, this seminar has been rated the very best two-day personal and business development seminar in the world. When we launched it, we gave it all over the country to full audience, huge audiences. Again, 800,000 people. And then when we turned it into an audio program, it was the best-selling audio program of its kind in the world in the English-speaking language. So this session that we're going to be having, this program with Tom and some other people, is going to be a life-transforming three days. Yeah, you know, I think probably the greatest testimony to a live event is just watching my dad sitting on the front row with his notepad taking notes. Yes, Right. Here's a man who studied three hours a day. He, you know, most people in the industry would say, hey, I learned so much from Zig. And yet he was the student who would learn. So if you want to pattern and, and really just say, you know what, why would I go to a live event? Because the best in the business get fed at live events. Yeah. I mean, it's, last it's- year I paid out of my own pocket to go to two events, uh, you know, one in, one in Ireland because it was the right people at the right place. And then one with uh, Dave Ramsey and his his event, that is, to me, that's where you get fed and that's where the life changes because it's not the you – hear, you hear it on, on audio or on the podcast or in the program, but when you watch five or six people interact with it and you get to discuss the questions with them, that's when you go, ah, that's what I missed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a very important point is that more people's lives are changed by attendance at an event like this than by any other influence. They can be influenced by audio programs and books and so on, but it's something cosmic about going into a room with a thousand other really motivated people that creates a higher mind that everyone can access into, almost like the cloud. It creates a cloud. And so people sitting there get ideas and inspirations and insights that are the, the speaker never said, but suddenly they see something. They have a perspective. They look at their work. They make a decision in their business. Sometimes one decision can change the entire direction of your business life, and you see this all the time. It certainly happened to me, and so that's why a seminar like this is so valuable. Well, and that's what I was wanting to get to because I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm old enough that I, I remember going to those events, the arenas that were full and the smaller venues of a few hundred people. And now I'm in that arena where, yes, it's so tempting to go, you know what, can I just buy the audio tape, not have to take the effort, the expense of time and money and go to the event. And yet I really, just what you said, it's like, it's like uh, going to the event is like the information on steroids and more uh, because of the, yeah, the energy and the interaction. And I know that that's always been a cliche statement that half the seminar is the people that you meet. By golly, it is. Yeah, I was... You know, at an event, I learned why events are so powerful. I heard a gentleman speak named Daniel Coyle. He wrote the book called The Talent Code. I mean, you, you may have yes, I read that. probably read it. And, and there's a whole section in there about identity. And what it says is, is, is there's science behind it. But when you identify with somebody, you're far more likely to take advice or instruction or follow through on what they recommend and so when you just order a, a, a book or, or a CD set, which is fantastic, that identity hasn't happened yet. And so right. it's, I know people who've got bookcases 
full of dusty books and albums. But when they go to an event and they say, wow, you know what? I mean, to me, when I think of Brian Tracy, I can remember our, our lunch that we had a little while back. And I left out of there and I, I nicknamed you this. I told you this while we were there. I call you the nugget bomber. <laughs> and so and it's because any no matter what I asked, you had 10 nuggets and I was writing down and thinking, OK, boom, 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 boom. And it and it's and it was the same type of of wisdom that dad used to say, but in a totally different way. And so that's the point of going to an event because we identify with the people who were there and we're each unique. And once that identity happens, then we're going to follow through according to the book and the research that Coyle put together 30% longer. And 30% longer is enough for the habit to have an impact, which means I'm going to keep doing it. So I remember Coyle's point about developing the, the myelium shield yes. around, around the ganglions connecting to the neurons so that the connections are smart. I just read a whole book yesterday, a uh, really good book on uh, the care and nurturing of your brain. And it talks about the same concept. These are things that you can do to dramatically increase, improve brain functioning. And they're, they're very simple things. Of course, memory games, but just getting a good diet is important. Mm-hmm. Good exercise is important. You're far sharper when you're better rested. Uh, continually feeding your mind with new information, and as Coyle and other people say, that in, that information it connects with other information. I love this one point. It said that my brain cells that fire together wire together. So when you take in new information, it fires other information that you have, and then they all wire and create memories and skills. I mean, it's a really exciting area, I think. And so for everybody listening, you just proved my point. I counted them. There were seven nuggets just there. <laughs> there, there you go. There well, you go. You know, I say to everybody when I open a, a seminar, I say everyone here should be earning twice as much as they are earning right now. And I'm going to give you several little techniques that you can use to earn twice as much that are guaranteed to work. And I've studied time management for more than 30 years. So what I'll do is I'll just drop these little nuggets on time management and personal productivity and every one of them is a double your income uh, nugget. And people are just writing it down, writing it down. And they go out and they do it because they're so simple. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. As a matter of fact, I just learned a new one today uh, listening to an interview on the way home so I could do this Skype. And what she was saying that in personal business planning, there's seven parts. But the seventh part is this, is that before you do anything, she said, put this little sticky everywhere so you can see it over and over again. And said, is this moving my business forward or is it merely a distraction? Hmm. And you put that everywhere. Is this moving my business forward or is this merely a distraction? So I came up with the formula, action versus distraction. And action is moving your business forward, moving you toward your goals and so on versus distraction. And when you ask that question over and over again, it's it's like being slapped on the hand (laughs) by a teacher because it's so easy for us to engage in distractions. And so that's just one way. If you just simply ask that question every single time you you begin work, every time you pick up something, is this going to move me, move my business forward, increase my sales and profitability, or is it merely a distraction? And you think, wow. (laughs) Okay, there's your lesson on time management, folks, right there, which is one of the six things I wanted to hit. Now, Brian, they told me I had a finite amount of time with you today, and I've got a couple things also, so we've hit on personal development. There's time management. I'll probably mention that too. But I wanted to ask you about sales training. I know that's a big topic for you. Uh, it's been a primary focus for you, and, and it was for Zig as well. And yes. you're both pretty renowned for stating that everyone is in sales. And so I, I just, in thinking about this, my thought was if you were giving a graduating you know, university commencement speech, which I'm sure you've done, but on the value and necessity of sales skills for everyone, how would you frame it for people? Before Brian answers that question, I want to recognize and thank a proud sponsor of The Ziggler Show, Braintree. If you have a business and have taken payment online, do you remember the first dollar you made? Next, you may have grown to make your first $100 or $1,000 or $10,000, maybe even $100,000 or a million. Well, folks, we read every day about companies that are making their billionth dollar. So whatever your goal is, you know how much money it is, have you found the right payments partner to grow with you? So Braintree lets you accept every way to pay from PayPal between all it takes 
is one integration. And it doesn't matter what currency your customers use because Braintree lets you accept over 130 different currencies. That's a lot of rupees or pounds or pesos or yin or yang and everything in between. So to learn more about how your company can grow with Braintree, visit braintreepayments.com slash Ziggler. Again, that's braintreepayments.com slash Ziggler. Well, I say that there's certain life skills that you need to have. Uh, 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 for instance, perhaps you need to know how to cook. Um, one of the things I found when I got married and had children is one of the life skills is learn how to raise happy, healthy, self-confident children. And it takes study and practice and study and practice. And you wonder if you ever get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, but with regard to sales training, sales training is the fundamental skill of success. Uh, when IBM got into serious trouble back in 1990, they went for they fell out of the clouds. Uh-huh. Stock dropped eighty percent. They brought in the biggest consulting company in in America, McKinsey, and McKinsey did a three million dollar nationwide study and came back and sat down the directors. They said, "We found your problem," and they said, "Well, what is it?" They said, "Low sales." <laughs> That's great. And they said, "Great, we we knew that. We're three million dollars along in, in bills now. Then what's the solution?" Well, the solution is high sales. <laughs> and so they came up, however, McKinsey and company are famous for, for really drilling down and finding the real problem and then presenting the solution and then working with them hand in hand to implement the solution. The solution was very simple. I say this to all businesses. The solution is simple. It's called the 75% rule. And by the way, this is not secret information. It's public. The 75% rule is they found that because of all the regulations and re- reporting requirements for the salespeople, they were spending 75% of their time in the office filling out sales forms. The sales manager was spending 75% of his time in his office studying the sales reports from the salespeople. So they did a flip. They said, we want every salesperson spending 75% of their time with customers, and we want the sales managers out with the salespeople visiting the customers, and we'll hire secretaries and assistants to do the paperwork. The company turned around like a huge battleship in the ocean and went from, went to, from losing a billion dollars to $1.5 billion in profit the next year and continued upward and has never looked back. So I say this the same true for a small business. And I just finished reading a book called Put Profits First. I said the number one thing you do is you come in and analyze the sales activities. And you'll find, for example, I say, do you want to double your sales and profitability in your company? Your income. They say, yes. Well, if you own the business, it's very simple. Is double the number of customers that you speak to each day. Or if you're in sales, just double the number of customer contacts. And focus on that single-mindedly like a laser beam. And by the law of probability, if you speak to twice as many people, you'll double your sales and profitability. And people go like this. That's so simple. So simple. Yes, we'll go and do it. Stop spending all of your time checking on your email. Yeah. And, you know, and, and going out for lunch. It's <laughs> so, so they came to the conclusion, Dun & Bradstreet did a study looking at tens of thousands of businesses and their credit ratings and everything else, including the businesses that fell off out of their charts every year. And they found the number one reason for business success is high sales. The number one reason for business failure is low sales and everything else is commentary. And they hardly teach it in school. Mm-hmm. But if you can sell, here's another thing. If you can come overcome your fear of selling so you can sell with confidence, you become a totally different human being. If you can sell to customers, you can speak more effectively in front of an audience and vice versa. You have more confidence and better sense of humor with other people. You're more liked and respected. You have a a better personality. Your whole life is transformed by your ability to learn to sell. And we talk about that by the most important single sales skills. It's part of our uh, Sales Mastery Academy, and how it ties into influence and negotiating and interpersonal relationships. Tom, you can pipe in there? Yeah. If you hear the sirens going on, it's because we've got a tornado coming through. So. <laughs> okay. So if you disappear so from the screen. Listeners, if, you know, if we're still here, it's all good. So, Brian, I just I just had this one thing. I talk to people all the time about sales, and I, and I just put this out in front of them, and I say, how would you like to learn a year's worth of sales experience in four months? And, of course, everybody wants that. And they go, yeah, yeah, what's that? I go, 
make three times as many calls in the next four months. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what you just said? My two sons, when Michael was 22, 23, finished uh, college, he came to me and said, Dad, I want to be a big success in life. What can I do? And I said, well, do I don't want to influence you because you come from a good home and everything else, but get a job cold calling door to door. That's what I did when I was 22, 23. Changed my life forever. He said, well, where would I get a job like that? Well, I had just done a talk for a national sales direct sales company. I called them up, and they're always eager to hire gullible young people who want to be salespeople. And I said, you go there, but it's going to be the most difficult thing you ever did in your life. You're going to get more rejection in the first week than you've ever had. He said, okay. He said, I'll try it out. Got him set up. He went out knocking on doors, uh, selling uh, cable, uh, fiber optic cable hookups for AT&T and Verizon and some of the big companies door to door. He knocked on doors. And I thought within 30 days, he'd come back. I said, look, if it doesn't work out, come back and work for me. He stuck in there for one year. He said, no. And they told me later, I decided I would do it for a year. And... By the time a year was up, he had tripled and quadrupled his income. He was driving a Mercedes-Benz. He was a sales supervisor with a team of 10 people that he had recruited from Craigslist and then trained and take, took out every day and picked up every night. And his total personality, he was kind of shy and easygoing. His total personality was transformed. My son David is also kind of self-contained, as they say. He came to me and he said, you know, four years later, age difference, he said, um, what should I do if I want to be successful? I said, I'll get you a job at the same company. And he said, I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. If you want to be successful, learn to sell. He went out and he hammered it for six months, day and night. At the end of six months, he was hired by Enterprise, became their top selling uh, sales guy in Nevada. Then he was hired by um, uh, Coldwell Banker, which is now Berkshire Hathaway. He's now smoking as a residential real estate sales guy. And his personality is totally transformed. These kids are unstoppable. I mean, they are so confident and so happy. They laugh all the time. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of big on sale. Uh, well, that's exactly why I ask you. I mean, your commentary, even initially on what it does to your self-confidence and your ability to influence, that's what I wanted people to hear, even if they're not actively engaged in a product or service that they are physically uh, involved in selling. That is what I experienced, Brian, from my own dad who learned from you and Zig. Yeah, Tom. So, so Brian, let's say that uh, I'm a young person. <laughs> By the way, I have a 21-year-old junior in college, and there's nothing I would love more than for her to get in direct sales and learn. <laughs> but I know so many who are intimidated by rejection. Yeah. So how do you, let's say somebody is, at a, tr is a turning point in their life and their career that they're in or their job they have isn't paying off, they've never thought about sales, they're scared of it, how can they have a mindset that says, you know what, I'm just going to go for it, treat it like a game, do something that puts them in the situation where it's just a learning experience and doesn't matter the results that they get today or tomorrow or the next week. What, what matters is the person they become through yes. the process. How, how, do you, how do you coach them into that? Well, well, one of the techniques I teach, which is double your income technique, it's very simple. When you get out of this seminar, starting tomorrow morning – Set it a goal and make it a game with yourself to call on 100 prospects as, as fast as you can and do not care whether you make a sale. Just get face-to-face, head-to-head, knee-to-knee with 100 prospective customers and ask them questions and tell them about your product. At the end of 100 calls, and the faster you do it, the better. At the end of 100 calls, let's say it's 10 a day, within two weeks, you will have blown like a roto-rooter or like these uh, these toilet uh, cleaning companies, you'll have just blown all the fear of rejection out of your system. And it's gone forever. It's mm. just exploded. up From then on, nothing can stop you. And not only that, you may start to make sales to those people, and you'll still be making sales to those first hundred calls two years later. And everybody comes back, individuals and companies come back, and they say, we initiated that idea. As soon as we got back to the office, everybody got on board. Everybody came back at night and said, how many calls did you make? Everybody had contests and lunches and everything else. We just blew the doors off this business. It's so simple. Just go out and make 100 calls and don't care if you sell anything. 
Well, Brian, I'm going to bet that in a very similar vein, when we look at the aspect of public speaking, another one of your primary platforms, that you would say the same thing. Whether or not that somebody is is engaged or plans to pursue a profession that is going to encompass uh, public speaking, being on stage in any way, that you would also say this is a big key to success that everyone should grow in ability? Yes. Well, here's an interesting just sidebar is that the fear of public speaking, which is the biggest single fear in adult life, and the fear of rejection are wired on the same circuit in your subconscious. So if you can short-circuit one of them, you short-circuit the other. Hmm. So here's what happens. And I tell salespeople, and I'll tell everybody, go to uh, Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. Take a Dale Carnegie course on public speaking or go to Toastmasters or both. And what you'll do is you'll learn to develop more and more confidence standing up and speaking in front of people who are very eager for you to be successful. They're all, you're all, they're all your friends, like at a, at a Christmas party, and you're talking about what happened in the last year with your family. You have no reservation at all. And then if you're in sales, as your confidence goes up in, in speaking, your confidence goes up in, in, in selling, and your fear of rejection goes away in both areas. It transforms your life. And I've had countless people came, came back to me and said, you know, they were really terrified. I said, look, go, go to either one of these courses or both. They're full of people just like you who want to learn how to speak. They're all supportive. And within six months, you raising your hand, you want to jump up and speak. And what will happen because of this law of attraction is you're going to get an opportunity to speak to an outside group. They're going to say, by the way, could you come and speak to our company on the products that you sell or the company you work for? And you're going to say, yes, I know how to do that. Uh, an opening sentence, icebreaker. Um, my own story, three key points, summary and wrap-up and closing. And I teach this. I teach a special academy for professional speakers, and they're just astonished. From the time they finish that, if they've never spoken before, they can stand up and very often get standing ovations. So anyway, I think it's, I, I really think it's a wonderful skill. I think every single person watching this should have the skill of public speaking. And I always say this, is that all skills are learnable is the first time anybody stood up to speak, they were just quaking with fear. Everybody starts off, my friend Harv Ecker says, every master was once a disaster. And every person who can speak well today was once terrible at it. And every person who's good at sales today was once terrible at it. But they're all learnable skills. This is the most exciting thing, I think, in our society, is you can learn any skill you need to learn to achieve any goal you can set for yourself. Do you want to double and triple your income? Do you want to become financially independent? This is simply a matter of doing certain things in a certain way. And fortunately, we have in America today about 10 million self-made millionaires. And so it's not a mystery how to get there. It's just to become very, very valuable, use your talents and abilities in the very best place, and continually get better. Jeez, Zig taught that all his life. Continually get better. So, so, Brian, do you remember your very first speech? I mean, was it like an emotional event for you to remember it? Well, my very first speech, I started off selling, knocking on doors. And after a year, my whole life had transformed. And I started to make more and more sales. And they said, well, why don't you recruit some people? So I began recruiting a small team, got an override on each salesperson. And then they said, you know, why don't then, then I was approached by a major international company and said, why don't you take over the country? And before I was finished, I was in charge of six countries and I had 95 salespeople. So the first time I got up and spoke was I got up to teach these people what I had learned knocking on doors. And so my whole first talk was just a teaching session for my own salespeople. And I didn't even think about being afraid or nervous or anything else. I'd recruited each of these people. I just wanted to help them to be successful. Oh, my, oh my gosh. That is almost identical to dad because... He went into you know door to door sales, and then once he became successful, they wanted to teach others how to do it. That exactly. was his first. Well, you just proved what you said that once you overcome uh, public speaking or, or, or sales in that aspect, fear is so closely tied. Once you did that, you knocked it out, and it wasn't a big deal. The great, you know, I've done seminars and parts of seminars on overcoming fears, and we talk about that as well. Fear is the biggest obstacle to success. Fear of failure and fear of rejection, the two are about 95% of the reasons people don't succeed. So there are ways, actually, to defuse those fears. It's almost like you just reach into your subconscious mind, and you can just pull a wire, and the fear is stuck. Um, 
And I've been teaching this. What's one of the reasons I'm so successful worldwide is because this is one of the things I teach in my most popular seminars, how to eliminate your fears. But here's one simple single factor that comes from psychology is do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. Many years ago, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was a young boy. He was walking on the streets of Concord, Massachusetts, and he was wearing short pants and a piece of paper blew against his leg. He was maybe 12 years old. And he reached over and he picked up the paper and the paper had been cut out of somewhere. And it said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. He said that one liner changed his life for the rest of his life. And it changes other people's lives as well. Well, I, I so appreciate you saying, yeah, dive in and it just blows it out. And you have so exemplified that. It's incredibly inspiring to hear you. It's intoxicating. Folks, if you are not interested by now, I don't know what's going to interest you. Go to zigshow.com slash Brian, and you'll see the information on this three-day event in Dallas, May 13 through 15, 2016. Tom Ziegler will be there as well. Uh, zigshow.com slash Brian. Okay, again, I know we've got limited time with you. I want you to just speak a moment on leadership and as you are someone who has such incredible discernment just as where i ask you on personal development where you saw some of the issues in today's culture i want to ask you the same thing on leadership there's a lot of content out there uh, on leadership i am going to bet that you have some insight on where we may as a culture be missing it a bit and where do you try to bring people to to get to them to a crux of understanding leadership well here, here comes seven nuggets all right. That's what we're counting on. I have written and published with the biggest publishers in the world, 20 books on leadership uh, of various kinds. I just finished a 14-book series with the American Management Association, which covers every single aspect of the 14 most popular parts. What I say is that leadership is the, is the uh, willingness to accept responsibility for results. And it's as simple as that. All the books and articles and everything else come down to the willingness to step up and accept responsibility for results and don't make excuses and don't blame other people. And that's why a person becomes a leader when a leader is required. When a leader is required, something to all kinds of problems, step in and accept responsibility. The interesting thing is you can be a leader with no followers. In other words, you can be a leader of one person, but you need to be a leader of yourself. Take responsibility for results. I always teach my, my managers I keep asking the golden question, what results are expected of me? Now, the second thing that we know is that leaders have the courage to take action. Is they're very clear about the results required and they have the courage to take action. Now, this is my, I'm so excited about this. Uh, it was reported on in The uh, Economist from, from London. And it's the result of a 12-year uh, study with 20,000 businesses in something like 20 countries, 150 of the top business researchers in the world went in to find out what are the primary major reasons for business success and for um, national success economically. And they started with 50 different qualities and they distilled them down to three. And they're saying when, this is, when this, all these results are finally published, this is going to be basically the golden standard for business. And here are the three. Number one, clear goals and objectives. Is in the best companies... The company from this top down has very clear goals and objectives, and every person in the company has goals and objectives that fit into the overall goals and objectives, and everybody is crystal clear about the results that are expected of them, what they're supposed to do. Number two, they found, was clear measures and standards, benchmarks for every single activity, right down to how many things before it's picked up and the customer is dealt with. How long does it take to turn the product around and deliver it. Jeff Bezos, who had just jumped, his net income last year, jumped him $26 billion to number five in the world. And Jeff Bezos is a known fanatic on measuring. He measures how many seconds it takes to turn and pick up a book and turn the book and put it here and put it in the package. How many seconds it takes to, to um, fill an order. So he's gone and built Amazon so that you can get on and off of Amazon and order an item. He's got 300 million items now available on Amazon, and you can get on and off within 30 seconds with one-click buying. And the oh, stuff is awesome. at your door within 24 hours, within 48, often within 24. They're setting up a warehouse here. They want, to they want to be able to deliver what you order within 60 minutes. 
And what does that cause people to do? It's causing one third of the shopping centers in America are shutting down or converting to bowling alleys and movie theaters because people can get millions of items at really good prices, unconditionally guaranteed, delivered to their home before they could even get a chance to, to order them because he's so precise about time. So that's number two. Number one, clear goals and objectives. Number two is very clear measures and standards for every action. Uh, number three is uh, clear deadlines, clear timelines, clear deadlines. So everybody knows what they have to do, how it will be measured, and when it is supposed to be accomplished. Those three in a person's life are so powerful, they're life-transforming. That's why Zig, you, I cut my teeth on Zig's goal-setting material. Great, great stuff. Because he would say, I still remember, it echoes in my brain, you got to have goals. Azut <laughs> City, Mississippi, you got to have goals. <laughs> and so that's really true. Goals, measures, and deadlines. Goals, measures, and deadlines. And written down, written down. If you don't have them in writing, you're just in, living in fantasy land. Well, on that note, and I want to honor time management. You already talked to us about that. That was the last one I was going to hit. And I think I heard your bell ring and I know your time is up because you've got other places to be. Thank you for this. I do though, however, want to ask, uh, on BrianTracy.com, folks, BrianTracy.com. That's Brian's website for somebody who has not been privy to you yet. They do not have any of your products. If they're going to go there for the first time, what product would you lead them to Brian? Well, first of all, we, we believe in the importance of building credibility before we try to sell something. So yeah. if you go to our site, you find there's free newsletters and there's there's all kinds of free things. But right first thing is you get a goal-setting guide. It's how to literally, how to determine exactly the goals that you want to achieve and how to plan and organize and set deadlines and how to pick your most important goal and how to get started and work on it. And it's free. It's just a gift for coming to BrianTracy.com. And that's what starts you off. Okay. Well, folks, there you go. And again, uh, May 13th through 15th, 2016 in Dallas, Texas, Tom's backyard. Uh, Brian will be there for the 20th anniversary of the Success Mastery Academy. It's a three-day event. Uh, if you're not inspired by now, nothing else is going to inspire you. Brian, thank you again for being here. Tom, yes. Yeah, just an honor to have you here, Brian. Uh, I can't tell you personally how much it means that I get to be on the same program with you. And rightly, I think I get 10 minutes and you get the rest or almost the rest. So <laughs> just being there is awesome. And I want everybody to know that uh, one of the things that I admire about Brian is that long after you've, you know, you've written the books and you could be taking it easy, you still like dad know there's one more life out there that you can mm -hmm. impact. And that life just might change the course of history. So I appreciate you for what you do. Uh, it takes energy. It, it's traveling's not easy, and I appreciate you and just want to recognize you for keeping on, keeping on. Well, thank you, Tom. You know, I, last time I had dinner with Zig, actually at the next table, we were on one of those big mega seminars, 77 years old, and he's still out there hitting it. Jim Rohn was 77. Dennis Waitley is 82. I mean, they're still out there talking to people. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for giving your time to us and the Ziegler audience. I know they will be incredibly blessed, motivated, and inspired. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Thank guys. You, sir. I'll see you soon. See, see you in Dallas. See you in Dallas. Yeah. Thank you, folks, for tuning into the Ziegler Show. We will talk to you on the next one.